Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of Maucast. Tonight and this week, we're going to be talking about marketing. We wanted to bring this topic up now because we believe it's very important that you learn how to market yourself and your business because understanding how to influence people's perception of yourself and your business can mean the difference between success and failure. So, to help us break this down tonight, Patrick, would you like Good to introduce evening, our guest? Welcome to episode 17. Oh, sorry. <laughs> A little awkward, but that's okay. Continue, James. Yes. Would you like to introduce our guest? <laughs> yes, absolutely. My bad. I just had the stream up as well, and I forgot to mute it this time. Uh, but yeah, so I've brought on uh, a guest. Uh, my wife recommended him. He's apparently an inspiration to her in all ways. Uh, so his name is uh, Todd Karolczyk. He is uh, an expert in marketing from what I've been told. So Todd, just take it away. Explain uh, explain your marketing expertise to us. Hey, thanks, you two. Thanks for letting me come on with you. I'm Todd Karolczyk. Uh, uh, right. I've been in marketing, sales and marketing for the past 22 years. Uh, right now, I work for a truck body manufacturer and um, been studying all sorts of different types of marketing, and I'd love to just share a bunch of that with you today. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Our, our first question is, is fairly basic regarding marketing. Just what is marketing? And also, if you want to add in how it relates to other aspects of a business, such as like sales and stuff, that would be excellent as well. Because for me, I'm kind of confused with the difference between marketing and sales, because to me, it seems like they're both trying to sell a product to a customer in some way. It, it is a good question. A lot of people have sales and marketing mixed. Some companies have sales and marketing as separate departments. And really basically, it the whole thing has evolved. It used to just be the guy would go out with his uh, vacuum cleaner and go door to door and just show off the different pieces and aspects of that and hopefully create a sale, if you will, or give some brochures and hand them out, that type of thing. Uh, marketing has really evolved. The, the main piece of marketing is really trying to get the right information to the right people at the right time. And really, the marketing sets the, sets the table for, for sales. Okay. Hopefully, by the, time, by the time someone's been through marketing, they understand the product. They um, know what it might do for them or what solutions it's supposed to solve. And then sales will basically come in and try to work out the deal, if you will, and, and see if you can get them to sign on the bottom line. And and so a lot of times, um, traditionally, I guess sales would be more of the relationship and marketing would just be introducing kind of the product and the company, but really that's all kind of evolving, evolving as well. Okay. Uh, along that same line, I mean, you're mentioning like, you know, all these concepts and stuff. Uh, I've been in a couple interviews where, you know, I've, I've been thinking about the, the question of how do I market myself to these people? And, you know, you see these tropes, um, you know, movies and stuff where you go into the interview and it's like a sales interview and they ask you to sell me this pen. What is the correct answer to that question? And then also, how do you market yourself in these interviews properly? Like, do these marketing principles apply? Is it something different than you would normally do for a business? What's, what's your strategy here? Well, some of that, some of, mm -hmm. some of that does apply because basically you're trying to get the point across of, you know, what, what information do you want them to know about this product? The same thing is what information do you want them to know about yourself so when you're so when you're marketing yourself it really does uh it would help you a lot to do some research on who your audience <laughs> is who your customer is in this case and know what kind of person they're looking for you want to be true to yourself you're going to be honest about everything but 
um, as we kind of will talk about in marketing too, everything is kind of in a personalization. And it's really what can I do to help solve your problems? Well, how can I make your life easier? And if you can kind of figure out those tools, that's the best way to really market yourself, figure out what they want and figure out what skills match up with what they want. Uh, and you'll be a lot farther along. You know, so, what we talk the, about it. Okay. Well, Sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so the answer to the, to the pencil question or whatever, whatever tools that, that they have is essentially understanding what they're looking for. And then you kind of direct the pen towards them effectively. True. And it, and it might not be about the pen. If they're looking for your style, do you have any idea what style they're looking for when you come in? Uh, and maybe you have one. Like, I like to do things uh, by the book. I like to have all my research and statistics and do it that way. Or maybe you're just like a flair type of guy. It's like, hey, this is great. And what, which of those styles are they looking for? Or how can you make your style match what they're looking for? So the answer to how, you know, how do I market this pen isn't really about the pen. It's about the personality, of course. Okay. That's, that's what my dad told me. I mean, he's a salesman or has been in the past as well. And one of the big focuses when, you know, he was trying to get, you know, all of the kids into business effectively. And I think that that's a pretty common thing for parents to want to get their kids into business from what I've been told. Um, but he was telling us that it's all about uh, your personal relationship with the customer. You want to build up a relationship. Cold calls are very difficult, but once you have an understanding of the, the customer or potential customer, sorry, I've got a little bit of a visitor here, cat. Uh, so I'm going to put him down for right now. But um, but cold calls are very difficult, like I said, because you lack a personal relationship. Does does a personal relationship play into marketing? Do you do a lot of interaction with customer bases, or is it just mostly like looking at statistics, looking at surveys, and things well, like that? I mean, here's how here's how things have evolved. Because normally a sales guy or sales are, are used to just even if I'm marketing to a company or a business, let's say I'm selling a product to another company, a B two B or B B two B business, if you will. Um, they're kind of used to just uh, doing the same thing. Here's my demonstration. Here's what I talk about the product. But in marketing these days, we really try to break things down on, again, right information to the right people at the right time. So, so for example, we sell truck bodies, but I will break down my customer base at one, let's say I want to sell to some Caterpillar dealer. Okay. It's not just one general approach to all the Caterpillar dealers. I, I have the mechanic. He wants to know, he's the one driving the truck. He wants to know how... Uh, this life will be easier. How, how can I get my job done faster? How can I work more efficiently? But there's a guy that's his boss that's trying to manage not that only that truck, but the whole fleet of trucks. And he's got to figure out how he can make the whole operation um, be efficient. And then you probably have a guy above him that actually has the money. It's dealing with all the money. And we want to know how we make money with your product. So even at the same company, there's three different personas, we call it, three different people. And they each want different information. And so a good marketer is going to try to figure out how can I give that personalization to, to those particular people. So it may be the same thing in a job interview where the the person that might be your immediate supervisor, they wanna know how willing you are to work, how good you are to learn, that type of thing. Um, but then someone above them might just be looking to see how you fit in the operation. So you'd wanna know a little bit more about the operation and how you might fit what they have going on. So so there's a lot more personalization these days. So, so when, when you're doing these marketing jobs, are you meeting individually with these people or are you usually meeting with a group? Marketing job? Like, like if you're going to go sell to Caterpillar, for example, uh, are you going to be meeting with a group of these people or are you going to be meeting individually with each section of the company? Well, here that's why that's a different question because in, in today people are looking to find information in a multitude of ways. You need to be able to be adept at 
basically reaching people and multi-channel is what they call it. Uh, some people are going to start their research online. They're going to go to your website. So I'm talking to these customers when they just visit my website. I want to do a, if I find out I have an email for them, I'm going to send them a personalized email uh, with the information that I think they want to know. I'm going to create video content. So when they're, when, when someone that a persona that I've d defined comes across my video and they're going to go, Oh, that's the answer I want that I'm looking for. So I'm meeting them as individuals, but I'm really a lot meeting them digitally and that type of thing as well. I mean, you can meet them at trade shows and talk to a group and that's all part of it as well. And doing, uh, they call it thought leadership and going out and doing educational seminars. There's all sorts of ways to meet your customers. And really you need to be adept at trying a, a variety of different channels. So that I think leads into marketing, not only in the, in the personal aspect when you're talking about marketing yourself, but also um, for example, LinkedIn profiles, I get notifications all the time. I've shown them in five searches this week. Um, and then that in and of itself is a way that you're marketing, uh, the, that you're marketing yourself and often is the first impression that can lead to the actual in-person communication. So how do you, how would you suggest handling something like that where you can't as easily determine what people are looking for? You just have to blanket market yourself to all potential employers rather than uh, a very specific one looking for a very specific to fill a specific need yeah no good question in fact it's funny you mentioned linkedin i just downloaded a new book i haven't even got to read it it's like linkedin profiles for dummies i think was the thing i i just downloaded it today I haven't got to read through it yet um but really linkedin is big on networking so you're trying to much like some people get, you know, get friended on Facebook and some people you want to be friends with and some people you don't care if they didn't want to be friends when I was in high school and now they want to be friends now. LinkedIn's totally different. You're trying to link I, up I with feel people bad. that might have, <laughs> they might have similar, similar experiences and really about um, maybe it's someone that you ran into at a, at a conference. Maybe it's someone you might run into down the road or someone that does your same job. So really, um, it's about it, LinkedIn is really about networking and hoping people learn your skills and they'll attest that, oh yeah, you did have this good skill and they add a skill to your list. Uh, those are all important as far as marketing yourself. Um, but it, the job market can be hard. You don't always know what, what people are looking for or what, I mean, some places like someone that's well-rounded, I always kind of geared myself to be, hey, I can do a little bit of everything. But some companies just want, I want you to be the expert in, in digital online programmatic advertising and that's all i want you to do so it's it can be difficult okay uh james i'm getting uh, information from our tech support that you need to turn up todd's volume on your end yes his volume is at maximum his volume is at maximum okay yes um turn possibly i mean if you could maybe move a little bit closer to the mic we're just not picking you up nearly as well um okay so our tech support's getting very angry at us to, to not that we didn't do that initially I just got a new microphone, so I haven't got to play with it. Okay. No, no worries. No worries. Um, so along that same same line, we're talking about you know the development uh, of marketing over time and everything like that. Uh, do you think that in the modern day, you know, you've gone, you've been in marketing for twenty two years now? How important was your educational aspect of that in the sense of like when you went to college and you learned all you know marketing principles or went to marketing school or whatever? Uh, how important was that in relation to your job? Was it more of just a kind of credentialing credentialing system to like say, oh, this guy can do all the classes, 
and then you learn most of it on the job or was there really a lot of skills you learned in these classes that were important to to your uh, position i honestly think most of the the best uh the best education was doing it on the job and learning and being willing to learn something new and trying things out uh everything's evolving i don't know how much all these classes will keep you up to date the nice thing about classes is it gives you some organization some structure some basis to go on mm -hmm. But you're really going to become an expert by continuing to learn as you go. And like, for, for example, one of the things I do, we have a bunch of us, um, we call it MarketWise. It's a bunch of other people that do marketing as well for other businesses. Some are um, business to consumer, some are business to business, some are financial, some are candy, some are pizza, whatever. Uh, we get together once a month and we just pick a topic and we talk about it. And then peer learning, we say, hey, I am trying to find a little chopsky that does this. What, do you have any ideas? Hey. Do you have any uh, experience with billboard advertising? Hey, do you? And we just kind of learn from each other. So really, a lot of that you just experiment, try. Um, a lot of even marketing we do. Even we're just doing online advertising. We try A/B testing. You know, so we'll try two different ads and see which one people will click on. And then, oh, okay, it seems like people are drifting towards that way. So there's a lot of uh, learn as you go in marketing. So yeah, that's that's kind of like what I've seen though for a majority of of. Uh... <laughs> of uh by the way our, our tech support is apparently going to add the fact that they're angry tech support to their resume okay um, <laughs> um but yeah so what that's what i've seen though when it comes to like education stuff so when i was in high school i took four years of uh video editing while i was there and while we're sitting in the class you know the, the teacher's kind of going over like all these different concepts and things like that the I didn't learn nearly as much as I did when I did my independent study, which was basically I sat in the studio by myself and just had to figure out what I wanted to do and try to learn all of these different uh, editing principles, which have since carried over because I do all the editing for, for Nightmow uh, here as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little rusty. It's been it's been a couple of years, but I'm picking up uh, the concepts pretty, pretty quickly and trying to relearn everything. And things have really changed in just six years. So I can only imagine how different things are for you. So like when you're talking video editing, and you're, you're putting out all these advertisements, um, have things radically shifted with the era of the internet or do you like the same principles apply as they did with like television and things? Well, again, the things are shifting as far as uh, formats and whatnot. You used, to every, you used to always film things wide. Now people are filming things on their phones. So now I have to think vertically. What, what's my picture frame look like vertically instead of horizontally? Um, consider that. <laughs> so those things are always evolving. Yeah, those things are always evolving as well. You know, the um, you take some standard photographic concepts, which you want to use, if you will, but now, you know, shaky video is in sometimes. It seems more real to people and that type of thing. So um, so that's definitely always evolving, and you should, you should be learning. Uh, the tricky, too, part is now everyone thinks they can do marketing because I have a phone, so I can take pictures, and I know how to. And there is some thought to it. There's definitely a strategy that needs to go along with it, too. So. <laughs> but that that kind of explains uh what what uh what we're looking for for marketing. We've been we've been actually discussing how to better market our our show and our our business as well. And you know, we're going over like crunching the numbers and everything like that. So as as a business, you know, what would what would you recommend us looking into for how to market our show and how to market our materials? Like should we just put ads out on Google? Should we use like some kind of targeted format? Uh, should we use someone else to shoot the ads? Should we shoot them ourselves? What, what, what do you think? Uh, well, homegrown ads can be just fine. You, again, you want to try to figure out what your 
what your message is. What is it that you want people to know about you? And then you then you can target from there. Um, the spray and pray doesn't really work as much anymore. Like just put out an ad and hope people find you. Really, marketing is trying to go out and find those people that you're going after and trying to get in front of them. So where do those people go? Are they are they playing apps on their on their iPhone? Do you need to be advertising on an app? Do you, are they Googling you to find the Nailers podcast? Are they going to iHeartRadio to look for their favorite podcasts? What are they, you know, where, look, what are the people that, you know, that you want to go after? Are they in some discussion group somewhere online or, you know, that, that's the, that's the biggest piece is try to figure out who your target audience is and then what you want them to know about you. And then from there you can decide, okay, well, this one makes sense. This one probably doesn't make sense. And you can try a few things. Some things won't work and some things will, but. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand that. So, that's, uh... We're, we've been we've been in discussions, James. You you know way more about this than I do. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been discussing. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, okay. You know, they don't really cover marketing in the CPA exam, so I can crunch the numbers, I can put them in a spreadsheet, and I can tell you what they mean, but I can't tell you how to change them. So, um, we, how has the availability of data changed marketing? Because I know that, you know, you, you sign all these privacy agreement agreements and then you know your, your data gets sold so it's easier for people to market to you so has that made marketing easier or has just the sheer amount of data actually and the amount of advertising made successful marketing harder well, that's a good question um so my background is actually in statistics and math and whatnot so i love crunching the numbers and putting and putting those things together but you're right you can gather so much data and so much information that is a big question was what do you do with it all? Um, I like to try to, I guess there's a couple, a couple of different pieces. So one, I'm looking at the numbers as far as where people are finding me. Like I'll look at my website and how much time are people spending on the website? Does it look like they're finding what they're looking for? Or are they floundering around? Do I need to redesign my website so they can find things faster? Um, and, and again, that's a little crunching numbers, but now I'm just looking at, uh, uh, statistics on you know usage and what where the flow of how they go through the website those type of things which can be valuable um we did an, we did experiment with online chat just recently we did a 30-day experiment and people loved that everyone today wants an easy button um that i i saw that uh, i was looking up before i came but salesforce.com had a little survey and basically people they said um that you know, 80% of customers say the experiences provided by a company are as important as the products it's, and services yeah. itself. They just want to make want an easy buy. Yep. Uh, that says companies that create an easy buying process are 62% more likely to win that high quality sale. So even that price might not even matter. If you made it easy for me, then and that's the way. So as I go and crunch numbers, I go, well, what, what seemed to be easiest for my customers? And maybe it takes some, if, if I have a way to do a customer feedback survey, I'll do that. Or I'll just try to gather it from the, how much time they spent on the website or repeat buyers. I mean, I love it when I, you know, we do the thing where people come to the website and then I'll tag them with a pixel and then they see my ads as they go off and check their weather or their sports scores. And it's amazing how many people click and come back. That stuff works. It's like, wait, did I miss something on that site? I'll go back and check. Um, so it's kind of interesting to watch some of that data and see. So really it's more all about what can I learn about my customers or potential customers and how can I get back in front of them the information they want. 
Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, you know, just from a from what we've been looking at on our side with the data, um, and I'm trying to have James explain this stuff to me because I'm more of like the people person. So I don't look at the numbers. You know, I'm just like, okay, how how are people reacting to this? Are 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 people engaging? Are they commenting? Are they liking what we're what we're doing? Uh, are we driving up engagement? I just asked James for the numbers on that. Like, is it looking like he'll be like, oh well, our click through rate is seventeen point six percent, and we're we're reaching these many people through. The, I'm like. I don't know what that means. Is it good or is it bad? Just let me know, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But I, I am getting a question from the audience that, that they want us to ask you. And that is, um, could you tell uh, the viewers about your favorite crazy commercial you forced your kids to watch? <laughs> so I'm sure you could guess. Who oh, asked yeah. You want to, yeah, you'll want to check out the death water ads. Those are horrible and intriguing at the same time. So yeah. So these, this company that makes uh death water has, come up with some just uh, animated uh they obviously have a specific target audience in mind because it's rather um um violent if you will <laughs> uh, but they know they know who they want for their audience and they want the people and i would guess that the their audience loves the way they market to them but i think that's crazy but yeah anyway i mean it i you know to teach their own i guess in that sense i could think of a demographic that would find that at least amusing I don't, I don't know if they right, buy anything right. from it. Um, and, and that's like, that's, that's one thing that I've seen though, is, is when it comes to like mobile ads, uh, I mean, I've seen so many mobile ads that are like, oh, you know, there's amazing graphics. This is so super cool, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then you like, look at the game and it looks like hot garbage. So, I mean, the market department might be doing a really good job there, but uh, on the sense of like mobile ads, how, do you know how effective those are? Uh, you know, I don't know if your company has any of those, but can you speak to that at least in some capacity? Um, we've had mixed results with mobile ads. You see a lot of like kids playing games and there, and you can attract their attention really easy and kids are easy to click on stuff. And all of a sudden you'll get lots of clicks on your ads and it's like, that's not the audience I was going for. Yeah. Um, so you really have to be on, on the right place when you do, do mobile ads. Um, definitely we tried different, all sorts of different formats and layouts and what is going to be attractive and that type of thing. But really to get the best results, it's really the ones where I've used the more direct, here's my customer. It's like, this is, you want this sale. These are on sale today, or these are in stock today, or I can make this easy for you and I can ship it to you today. Um, when I really just try to attack the solution to, I think their most immediate problem, that's where we have the most success. Success. Um, on James, that, well, I was gonna say on that same chain of thought, I, I always find it amusing because you can tell um, you know, with Google, for example, they offer targeted ads and then, so I'll search for like right now I'm in the market for a racing helmet because I'm going to be racing in, uh, this, the upcoming season for drift. And so I'll go, I'll research it and then I'll buy it. And then for the next two weeks, I get nothing but ads for racing helmets. Um, I've seen that too. I just bought Yu-Gi-Oh cards a couple of days back and now it's just like, it's just all like. Any website I go on right now, it's just all Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It has nothing to do with like, and I'm like, I bought this once. Why am I getting so many ads for this? I'm not doing it again. My wife won't let me. Scary, the scary thing now, and the scary thing now is Alexa just heard you talk about racing helmets and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and now I'll get ads for those the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, you know she's listening. That, that's that's also the thing. Like I'll say like, oh, I really, I really have been interested in hockey skates lately. You know, I'll just say that out loud. I won't Google it. I won't post it on Facebook or anything. And then I'll get a bunch of ads for hockey skates on my phone. Is that like a thing? Like, do they just always, are they always listening? You know, I don't know. They have, 
they have not fessed up to that yet. It is <laughs> odd though, but they have not fessed up to that yet. Well, it's honestly kind of scary getting on the you know the darker side of this, where um, there you know a lot of these companies exist where we are the product. Um, yeah. Like Google, for, <clears throat> excuse me. Google for. James, <laughs> you doing okay, everybody? You need no, some water. Very emotional. <laughs> emotional question. And this is <clears throat> just a little Google bit, doesn't want me to talk about this. All right, so you know most of their revenue comes from advertising. And so realistically, our data, us, we are the product being sold to Todd. And that is, you know, kind of the scary. So the upside of, you know, the data is that we can actually see ads that are relevant to us. And then the advertisers get a better return on their investment. The dark side of that and, and is... And we get what we want, too. Yes, you know, like yes. That's something that's usually left out. Um, which is why I personally don't turn off um, targeted ads. But... That you know the the dark side of it is that essentially we are the product because you know anywhere where we get a free service we are the product. Um, yeah, I think about that a lot. Well, it's uh, tricky because that according to the stats, you know the Salesforce survey example, sixty six percent of customers now expect I expect you to understand my unique needs and my expectations and give me information that I want to see. Don't just give me anything. Give me the things I'm looking for. And yet there's the other side. It's like, well, wait, how did you know what I'm looking for? Yeah. Uh, so, and so there's a lot of that. Know, like, I, don't today, want, I don't want you to know certain ways. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Um, today it's it, almost impossible to, to market over to Europe because they have, they're really locked down on what information you can share or even gather from people. When they come to the website, I have to make sure they know now, if you give me your name, here's what's going to happen with your, with yeah. your name. And if you want to get off the list, you got to make it easy to get off the list and that type of thing. Um, so, and California is doing a lot more of that as well themselves. So, so it does get tricky in gathering this data. So a lot of it is, you know, that's still kind of the power that like a Facebook or a Google, they can still kind of group people in gen in generic. So you can still get your ad to the kind of the right people, but you don't know exactly who you're sending it to anymore. Yeah. That, that so, was one of the things though. Um, when I was working, uh, with the story County, um, office is that we were looking at to send out some ads. And it was just so interesting. They're like, oh, well, you know, based on statistics and we understand how people, you know, what, what they browse for tells us their age and most likely their, their sex as well. And based on that, we can kind of gear certain political ads towards them and we can try to target them in certain ways. And it was just super interesting because apparently it works and they had a very high success rate. Uh, but so when we're talking, you know, you bring up these statistics of 66% of all consumers want uh, these ads to be targeted at them and they effectively want the, the businesses to already understand them as unique individuals. How, how much does that relate? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go into a different, uh, you know, different uh, subject here a little bit, but how does that relate to a kind of generational shift that we're seeing what's called the I generation? So like if, if I is in like internet, but also I is in me, 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 me. Do you think that plays a role in any of this, uh, you know, focus on, oh, well, you should already know about me, you know, come on, it's me, I'm, I'm famous, I've got like three friends, you know. Uh, that's a difficult question. Because <laughs> uh, I think yeah, things, are, things are shifting. You know, I go back from... Uh, some of these, some of the this generation, they're on, they're online all the time. They've been photographed since they were kids, and their parents have put their videos on, and and uh, 
you know, so they're used to being online and, and they kind of like that are familiar with that and they know how to click on things. They've known how to click on things since they were four months old. Yeah. Um, That's why I'm uh, so, right now. So they kind of know what they want. So that technology has kept up with all of these kids yet, I guess. I mean, there's they have a short attention span, we know, and you know, you're trying to grab their attention amidst all the noise that's out there. And I don't know that, that if people can glam onto that, that's the ones that are making all the money if they can figure out how to grab that generation well i've definitely seen a there, there's interesting a, you go right ahead what? go right ahead go ahead oh. <laughs> well you mentioned target I, I you mentioned target that made me think that's the old marketing thing where they were based on what people's purchases and they'd send you marketing things and that's where the one uh that one gal got in trouble they the gal um had gotten um pregnant or thought she was pregnant she bought a pregnancy test at target and then all of a sudden Target sent advertising to their home saying, hey, congratulations on your new baby. And she's just a teenage gal. And uh, the parents are like, what? Anyway, they go, I, I don't even know if she really was pregnant or not. But they was kind of jumped the gun on their advertising or marketing towards this family, making some assumptions based I, on the data. Yeah. I hadn't no, heard about I, that I, one. I, I, no, I heard that very well in, in my statistics course. Uh, it was something like she was buying like unscented baby powder, you know, like certain types of wipes and like very like baby specific things but they're very different that in such a way targets algorithm set it up that oh well the only time people buy these things are when they're pregnant or they have a kid already so she must be in this cohort so we can better target ads by doing that it was such an interesting like statistical method i didn't even see the marketing part because i'm not classically trained in marketing so the thing that I wanted to uh, bring up, you know, talking about the generation, the generational difference um, on social media all the time, I'll see actually just see old advertisements where they, they, they show you the product, they explain why it's good, they compare it to other products. And to me, like that speaks personally to me as a consumer more because I want to know what I'm buying and why I should buy it. And then I, you know, I can turn on YouTube and I'll see an ad and it's just a girl telling a guy that his shirt looks bad and there's some music and then a car explodes and then it's a Gillette commercial. Um, so how, how, did, how did we go from interesting, but I, I guess comparatively bland, you know, just a, basically a presentation on, on the product for 30 seconds to something, you know, 29 seconds of unrelated stuff followed by the logo of the company and then cut to black. Yeah, that's a that's definitely interesting. That every, there's a lot of marketers out there that are trying to. I just want to get your attention. I want it to be different. I want people to talk about me. <clears throat> I don't care if they hated my Super Bowl ad as long as they're saying they hated it. So people go and find me and find out what's what's weird about us. Um, <clears throat> so some people say any <clears throat> any news is good marketing. I'm not sure I subscribe to that. I think most people still want to know. I want the information and what I want, um, but but that's that's difficult. It's also difficult, you know. There seems like there's short attention span. People are on these quick, you know, TikTok videos and whatnot. But if you try to upload a video to Facebook, they're like, "Oh no, you'll get more play of our video if you put three minutes or more on on this on Facebook." It's like who's going to stick around for three minutes unless you're really engaging. So you got to get mixed messages on what people are looking for. And so then again, it goes back to my target audience. Like if I if I'm marketing to these mechanics, I know they're YouTubing on how do I how do I fix this or how do I you know how do I 
do this procedure and they'll just go to YouTube and try to find, find their answer. So how can I make their life easier? You know, I'm, again, you kind of got to go back to what, what your customers and how you think they're getting, getting information. Um, but it, it's tricky as you're trying, especially like with a, a podcast or something where you're, you're, you're comp- competing with a number of other people that have the same type of thing. How do you get your name out there? How do people see like I, I was just reading about some kid, you know, he's on YouTube and he's made $30 million this year just opening, you know, gifts. Yeah. And then all businesses send him stuff. And now with uh, <clears throat> with new advertising rules and whatnot, their advertising revenue dropped. But now basically he's selling the products. Now he opens the box and then say, hey, and you can buy it right here. Click here in this corner and you can buy. Um, but why that kid? Why not the other 545 parents that said, hey, I'll videotape you opening this box. I, I'm not always exactly sure what the magic is. When I think there you're getting into yeah. the you know search algorithms and just a little bit of luck. But we also, you know, that, that uh, touches on influencer culture where um, it's not just, you know, traditional advertising now. You it, Influencers, sponsorships, those are becoming more and more prevalent to the point where you have people who can just take a few pictures with a product on Instagram every day and then make $30 million a year. Um, so have you ever worked with any influencers? Do you think that is a long-term effective strategy for depend, obviously depending on the product or where do you see influencer culture going? Yeah, we have looked at that for our business. In fact, I had someone come by, we had a, big um, construction show before the world shut down a year ago, March. Um, and he came by and videotaped, you know, and so he's got a followers. He's got some of the customers we would go after. So if you know they've got a following, then you know you're getting in front of the right people with an influencer. So it seems to make sense. I, I'm not one that always goes, oh, my favorite uh, athlete wears that brand, so I'm going to buy that brand. But it's amazing how many people do. Um, so... You know, so I they definitely influencer is going to be here to stay. Um, how to take advantage of that is tricky and can definitely be expensive. Um, so you got to make sure you have a uh, a way to profit off that if you're going to go that route. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen that too. And I mean, I'm also in the same camp as you in the sense that like, oh, this person does this thing. Well, good for them. I, I'm not a big fan. So whatever, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't necessarily focus too much on on the people. But one thing that I've been noticing uh, just in general is, you know, a lot of these corporations have been coming out and saying, oh, well, you know, we support this. We do this, you know, like and taking a lot of social stances on a lot of aspects, as well as I've been seeing them on Twitter and they're trying to be like super hip and young and cool. And they have like all these interns tweeting things, you know, to me, it just seems like uh, like what James was talking about earlier. Like there's been a there's been a large shift in, oh, well, we want to go to the lower end of the 18 to 45 key demo as opposed to the upper end, because for whatever reason, they seem to be spending more money. Is, is, is there, you know, are younger people spending more money than older people? And like, do what is this connection that I'm coming up with effectively correct? Basically. Uh, I don't know that that shift as far as who holds the pocketbook. Um, definitely parents are, um, letting their kids make more of these decisions, if you will. I don't know if they have more really money available to spend on these things. Um, I think that most of these companies that are doing that are just trying to trend that way. They think that, okay, these kids are being taught. Now I want to be more environmentally friendly. So they might be in the, they might be the one that's spending the money down the road. So I'm going to plant the seed now so that hopefully down the road that they'll, 
um, have the money to ban. I don't know that really the pocketbook has really changed, but I do I do see what you're seeing in, in that marketing, uh, marketing to a younger generation, if you will, or a social cause type of thing. So uh, well, get, let me uh, ask you, let me oh, sure. let me ask you a question. Because talk about, I, I mean, you you two would still be in the area where the, sometimes they talk about you're willing to shop around for a good experience or maybe a better price, but how much does trust in a company, if you found a product that you like and you trust it and you trust the company's gonna do the right thing with your money, whatever it is, does that make you loyal or do you still continue, continue to shop around? James, what do you think? Well, so when I'm looking for a new product, um, I don't really, I, I do take the company's reputation into consideration, not so much with their customer service, but with their product history. Um, but once I have the product, if I have a good experience and the product itself doesn't fail, then yes, I am fairly, I do have a fair degree of brand loyalty. Uh, probably one of the best examples would be Asus. Um, my all my motherboards for the computers I've built are Asus. My laptop is Asus. My both of my monitors are Asus. Uh, I you know my I talked my roommate into getting an Asus pre-built uh, computer, all because I had a couple of their products. It worked really well, um, and I did my research the first time. But since then, I'll admit I have just leaned into trusting them. Um, so yes, I, I, I do maintain uh, brand loyalty, probably more than most people that I would know. Um, I think the only other, I think, I think everyone who has an Apple product has absolute brand loyalty to Apple. But other than that, no. I don't see many. No, I hate Apple and I, I have an iPhone right here. Can't stand it. I love Jess's phone, except for that big white light that she broke at the bottom. That's, or I'm not supposed to tell about that apparently. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> now the entire internet knows. Yeah, now 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 her dad knows, so that's not fun. Um, but no, I mean, I I I have brand loyalty to to small business, not so much large business. So, for example, when uh, I went to get my my suit tailored, I you know was looking around. I don't know any tailors in the area, and I found one, and I went in, and the guy that worked I worked with was super friendly, super nice, gave me a great price uh, based on my previous knowledge of how much tailoring an entire suit costs, um, you know, and I took, uh, went back in every single time he like, he was like, Oh, well, I think you'd actually look really good like this, you know, like this, that, the other thing. And he would adjust it. I think I went in like two or three times afterwards and, you know, all the adjustments beyond the first, uh, were all free. And, uh, you know, he was super conversational, super friendly. And I was like, this is just a great experience. So I took my other suit in that I didn't necessarily need to get tailored, but like was a little tight, you know, in some areas and I'd like to get it a little bit looser took that in and you know because i was like i i enjoyed my experience so much the first time and he did such a great job that i don't see any reason not to do that again but then when i'm shopping you know over at walmart it's like i don't care if i get great value or if i get the actual brand or if i get high v brand or target brand you know to me the larger companies don't really matter a whole lot uh but like definitely a lot of these smaller corporations or smaller like small family-owned business that you can tell are family-owned those matter a lot more to me i mean i used to go to uh green thumbers with jess and i'm sure she's told you about this uh and that was the only cafe i went to you know i didn't go to starbucks didn't go to panera i went to green thumbers because while it was you know on a, on average like 30 to 40 percent more expensive the experience was 10 times better the people were 10 times friendlier the food was 10 times better and you know it, it was a great location and 
you know, I just, I, I really appreciated the atmosphere from that smaller business. So maybe it's just me, but that's kind of how I shop around at least. Well, and I, to touch on your point, Patrick, um, small versus big business. Another thing that I consider isn't just the, you know, the experience and the, the product quality. Cause I've every single experience I've had with Amazon customer service has been amazing. Um, yeah, they, they are really good at that. They, a big business, yes, so. they are very good at it. But I still don't like to shop with Amazon for <laughs> Amazon sucks. Yes, for other reasons because there, there's more to consider. You know, there's not just the public face of the company, but also what do, what else does the company do? What do they stand for? Do they actually, you know, practice what they preach when it comes to their values? You know, with Google and you know we're on YouTube, so let's see if we get struck down for this. But Google taking out "Don't be evil" from their own, from their charter is something that you know when you see companies do that it makes me not want to use them for anything if at all possible um so it, it goes beyond just the, the 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 experience and the marketing for me that's interesting you know you talked about the influencers and all these people that have all these followers but really it's the a big thing you know in marketing these days is all these product reviews and whatnot. And it's interesting because 60% of the people, they say 60% of the people that read the reviews don't even really believe that they're real reviews. Like someone just invented them, but like 95% of the people still read the reviews. Yeah, Like they still read the reviews. Cause I want to know what people are saying about this product or service or whatnot. So that's interesting, but people are still want that testimonials are huge. They're huge in my business. I can tell you how great the product is, but if I can get someone else to tell how great the product was for them, that that's 10 times better, a hundred times better. Um, so that, it's just interesting. Yeah. No, I, I've definitely seen that with things. our circle of friends though. I mean, just talking about games, let's just say it's like, Oh, I had a lot of fun playing art. You know, you should definitely join me and play art. And then that will spread to somebody and then they'll be like, Oh, well I want to bring my other friend on. And then you suddenly have this big group of people that weren't playing this game before, but because one person enjoyed it, they were able to, uh, they're able to talk about it more. And I just, I think, I think word of mouth is still, at least from my experience. Now I'm not a marketing guy, so I could be completely wrong about this, but from my experience, uh, word of mouth seems to be fairly strong still, um, at least in, you know, in my social circles. Um, I don't know. Like, do you guys focus on word of mouth a lot in your department? Oh yeah, definitely. That's why. I, that's why I say I go out and try to film testimonials of people that worked. Now they're still going to factor in, um, you know, the their overall experience themselves. Or, but if they have a person they trust, they know they've worked with that guy down the road and he bought their product. Oh, I'll definitely try it because I mean that's that's huge. If they if they know someone else has had success and they trust that person, they they will try it. So it's definitely huge. Um. So. Uh, I- just, I know we're, we're coming in close here on the, on the end of our time together, but uh, we have another one last question just about just hypotheticals here. So if, if you were to, you know, go back to college, you know, you're 20 something years old again, uh, you know, just a young guy, would you go back into marketing or would you pursue a different career at that point? Just more of a personalized question here. Oh, I think I would definitely learn more about marketing it. And it's, it's really fun because things are always changing. That's why I love the market wise group that we get together. Um, and all this new technology and people are coming and trying to approach the same problems from different directions. Uh, and you can get overwhelmed by it. You all, you feel like you're behind or you feel like someone's, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, like a lot of these are built for, I want to 
sell to the masses. And it's like, well, I don't have the production capacity to sell to the masses. I need to sell to my little mass here. Um, but <laughs> yeah. just the fact that, <laughs> but just the fact that there's different ways to approach that and things are always changing. I feel like, um, I, there's probably things I could have done better along the way if I had some more of that, maybe book smarts, but again, I can think it's just learning as you go and keeping your mind open and, and, uh, those type of things. I, I think Mark, I think marketing is fun. I like sales. I like, I like marketing. It's great. And especially if you have a product that's real and true and, yeah. and you know, you can stand behind and you can stand behind. So you got to have some integrity to, to the thing as well. But um, yeah, yeah. It's been great. Uh, so. Well, along those same lines, what is one marketing principle you would recommend, uh, you know, people like me or James, just individuals take up or, or try to look more into? Oh boy. Uh, let's see. You know, I, I, I always go back to the, get the right information to the right people at the right time. So it's like, you got to figure out who the right people are and what do you want them to know about you? What's your message? I'm big on brand building, brand messaging. Um, you know, like we, um, my company maintainer, we sell a premium, uh, premium quality truck. We're not selling the cheapest truck on the market. We're selling value. It's going to be the longest lasting truck on the truck on the market. So, so what is that message? So when I do it, I, when I come out with a video, I want it to look like it's, pre, you know, it's a premium product. When I give out giveaways, I'm not giving out a little plastic dookie that's going to break. <laughs> I'm going to give out a decent product. So I've got a message and I'm keeping the message going yeah. throughout. So whether it's marketing yourself or marketing a product or marketing a service, what is it that you want people to know? And then just stay on message. So what is, yes, I do. Um, so what is the difference between marketing the brand and marketing the product and which in your opinion is easier and more beneficial in the long term? Um, I guess the brand is a little bit more about the, the company or the people behind it. Like here's, you know, we are known for customer service or we're known for superior quality or we're known for, I don't know, you know, the kind of the, kind of the general overall view marketing. The product is really specifically about what solution I think it has for you. I've, we've identified this, this problem in the market, this problem, and here's how our product will um, solve that. will solve that for you. So um, it can be difficult with all the products on the market to try to figure out why yours is different from everyone else's. Um, and like some of us, some, like I'm not, we're not really great at trashing the competition. Look at how crappy they make theirs. Look how good ours is. Now yeah. we'd rather tell how good ours is and that you let you figure it out. Um, and that, that can be challenging at sometimes because some of the sales guys are going just tell us what's bad about the other guy. Well, no, I just want to tell you what's good about mine. So that can be challenging. Um, but I think that is a more positive way to go about it though. You know, it's like, well, I'd rather just talk about how great I am rather than to talk about the other guy. This world yeah. could definitely use more, some more of that positivity. So Absolutely. I can always appreciate that. Yeah. All right, James, do you want to go ahead and uh, sign us off then? Yeah, absolutely. Todd, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, Patrick, it's been fun as always. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Everyone watching, thank you for watching tonight. Um, this episode will be up on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and iTunes uh, within the next 24 hours. And... Please don't forget, if you like this episode, like, subscribe, and comment. Tell us what you want us to talk about uh, for next week. And 
Also follow us on our social medias on Facebook, Gab, and Minds.com. We'll be back Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Time with Eric Tanell to continue our marketing week. And we definitely look forward to seeing you then. Have a great night. Yeah. Reggie wants to say goodbye to everyone. Okay, Reggie wants to say goodbye. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much, bud. <laughs>